Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Well, tonight I want to share with you something that uh, you'll need your brain switched on, but it's, it's kind of interesting because this whole month is called Emmanuel, which is God with us. And I want to start reading out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. But I'm going to take a bit of time and read a, a quite a large passage there that gives you the context of God with us. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together in marriage, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. We all know that story. But this passage is not about Mary, it's about Joseph. And I want to talk about the Joseph space tonight that I believe every single one of us has a Joseph space in our life. I'll explain it as we go along. Verse 19, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make of her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, Mary's already heard that. And the angel Gabriel has already spoken to Mary and told her what his name. So this angel is only repeating what Mary's already heard. So all this was done because now we get to the bit that's just for Joseph that Mary never heard. That's what interests me. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Mary does not hear that part. Joseph does. Mary hears Jesus. He's going to save. But Joseph is the only one that hears this God with us word. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. It's interesting to me and I've been puzzling about this and thinking about Joseph who seems almost like he's not the central part of the story, the Christmas story You know, the angel appears to Mary and it's Jesus, the Messiah. and She gets, he'll save his people. But the message of God's witness is given to the man who will play what we might call a support role. Listen, it's not his seed. It's not his egg. It's not his womb. He doesn't go through the changes that pregnancy brings. He won't experience childbirth. So he spends nine months watching as she goes through pregnancy and he's there as she delivers the son. And I haven't got the time tonight to go through the intricacies of what that means and why it had to be a virgin birth and couldn't just simply been another child blessed by uh, God. There's, a, there's great and deep and powerful and profound reasons for that, but that's for another time. But what I want you to see tonight is even though this guy is not the central player, he's not the star really of the play, yet his part is vital and significant. 
And so God leads him as well, supernaturally through dreams and through visitation. The last thing we ever hear about him after this is when Jesus is 12 years old and they take Jesus up to present him at the temple. Now, most Bible scholars believe that it's somewhere after that that Joseph dies. We know that Mary is there at the very first miracle that Jesus does, which is at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Joseph does not appear to be present. We know that Mary is there throughout Jesus' ministry, along, by the way, with Jesus' brothers and sisters, because Mary and Joseph had other children. That's why it says that uh, till she had brought forth her firstborn son. Firstborn because there were others born after. In the Gospels in Matthew 13, it names Jesus' half-brothers. They're not His full brothers because these were the children of Joseph and Mary. That's just something else for you to chew on for a minute. Uh, but Mary was there through the ministry. Mary was there at the foot of the cross as Jesus is crucified, but no mention of Joseph. Mary is there in the upper room when the Holy Spirit falls and the church is birthed. Mary is there along with 119 other people because she needed to receive the Holy Spirit the same as the Apostle Peter did and the Apostle John did. But then too, she vanishes from out of the narrative and we don't know any more about her or what happened. There's lots of tradition and opinions, but really if you're going by the Scripture, you've got to say Joseph is there till the age of 12 and then we don't really know what happened after that. We're not sure where he went. But I believe that that matters because I think most of us are going to have a Joseph space. We're going to have a space where we support and we help without being the star of the show. And I don't know about you, but I can identify lots of Joseph spaces in my life. I can identify a lot of places where I'm not the main person in the unfolding of what takes place. I'm a part of it. I get to see it. This week in Cambodia, Transformers led by Mark and Andrea. And really I go and uh, I'm their senior pastor. But I, every time I go, I go and say, I'm here to serve you. So they give me the itinerary that looks like it's chock-a-block of everything. My response is always the same. I'm here to serve. So that's a Joseph space for me. During the week, uh, I'm the Deputy National Chairman of INC and that's neither here nor there to most of you, but it's another one of my Joseph spaces. I'm not the boss of it, but I serve in it. And I want you to know tonight that even if you don't have the same story as someone else, even if you don't have the supernatural imprimatur on your life, you're not the Apostle Paul or someone else in that kind of a, uh, you know, celebrity space because we live in a world that's absolutely obsessed with celebrity. You know how many followers you got? I, every time I read something about Lady Gaga or about Taylor Swift, it always mentions how many followers they got as though somehow or other that makes them more important. Well, it definitely makes them more influential perhaps, but I'm not sure at all that it makes them more important. And so we live in that kind of space and I, and I want to wind it back a little bit tonight and give you God's perspective of what your life is about and what you can be about, even if you are not the number one or the number two or the number anything. 
uh, in that regard. Maybe at work, you're the owner or you're the manager. And we've got so many people in this church that serve that in their own space, they are the boss. They are somebody. I was talking to a guy this morning, leading salesman for his company for I don't know how many years. And I could go around this room right now and talk to you about people here that I know that in their world are enormously influential and they come to church and they lay the title down and they lay the self-importance down and they come here and say, I'm here to serve. I'm a part of what God is doing. And even though I may not have my name shouted out, I want you to know tonight in this God with us month, I want you to know that there's a Joseph space for every single one of us. It's good for us to know that God with us is for all of us, regardless of role or title. So often we speak of vision. And you know, when I was praying over this message and thinking over it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I realised how often I've spoken about vision as though it's your vision, my vision, my dream, my ministry, my calling, as though somehow or other, you know, there's this little space where you can just be celebrity in your own little box, your own little place, you are it. And yet the reality is, that all vision is shared vision. There's no such thing as individual vision because the individual vision's no vision at all. If the only person who sees it is you, let me tell you something for sure and certain, it will never come to pass. Let me tell you, if you're the only one that believes it, if you're the only one that's praying about it, it's never gonna come to pass. It's always about others. Sitting up there towards the back is Pastor uh, Bruce and Terry Connell from our church in Kununurra, one of the small towns of Western Australia. 7,000 is the population I found out last week. Though quite frankly, I think 5,000 of them were, were away when I was there last. Didn't seem that many, but whatever. And yet the enormous influence this couple have had around the world and if I tell you, I was privileged to be there earlier this year on their Mission Sunday day, and they published, I kept it, uh, they published a list of all of the ministries, not that they support, but the ministries that they partner with right around the world. And I counted the list. I came home and told some of the staff, I said, that church in a small town is part of, I think it was 21 different things were on the list on the back of the newsletter they gave out. Now, let me ask you a question. Are they known? Are they on television? No. Are they got some worldwide ministry? Are they, you know, a podcast all around the place? No. But are they significant? The answer is yes. And uh, this is not some kind of consoling message. I think that's rubbish. And I'm not into that. I'm not trying to make you feel good about your little part in the plan. I think all of us, pardon me, have got a little part in the plan. I think I've got a little part in the plan. But who knows how far your little part can go. And that's why I believe this whole thing about Joseph is in the Scripture. I think the whole lot of it's there because God wanted to say to the man who had the least to do with the Messiah. He helped raise him for sure. 
but he had the least to do with the birth and all the rest of it goes on. He's got the least to do with it. And yet the message of God with us comes to that person and not to Mary. Comes to the one who's virtually in the support role, if you like. And so let me talk to you about shared vision for a couple of minutes tonight. I'm not going to go too long, but I want to talk to you about shared vision because I pray that every single one of us in this room tonight or listening via the podcast, I pray every one of us here in this place will have a shared vision, that you will be a part of it, that no matter what your role looks like, whether anyone knows your name, you'll be a part of making a difference in the lives of people. I believe that we are meant to change the world. I just don't think we're all meant to be famous. I just think we're all meant to change the world. And I think that you are where you are in the space you are because there's people you're meant to reach and touch that I'll never know and I'll never uh, ever be able to reach. They mightn't even listen to me, but they listen to you. And so I want to encourage you in that. And I pray that you'll not take this away as going, oh, well, you know, I'm just trusting God. At least I'm doing something. I don't want you to go away. That I want you to go into your workplace tomorrow, positively excited that God has put you where you are. I want whatever you are doing that serves the name of Jesus. I want you to do it as though you are writing an epistle and you got to say uh, a letter from the apostle. I, Paul, an apostle of God. He said that in his letters. But can I tell you, I'd love to say again, if I have the time, that, you know, there's only two people I know of raised from the dead after the day of Pentecost. One is uh, Enos, who fell down while Paul was preaching forever. And they took him up dead and Paul raised from there. The other one's Dorcas. And I find it amazing that this woman gets raised from the dead and the church asked for her to come back because she is a... Uh, a person who's known for her ministry of encouragement and blessing other people. And she's not even a preacher. James has just died, if you read the story, had his head took off and nobody in the church said, can we get James back? Get the head, get the body, let's try. No one does that, but they're all keen about that one. So I want you to be excited about the shared vision you're a part of. Here's number one, just three things. Number one, the measure of all vision is the price you are willing to pay. Don't tell me you've got a vision unless you can tell me the price you're willing to pay. The measure of all vision is the price you are willing to pay. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus, now watch this. Watch what He says. Then Jesus said to His disciples, watch this, because I guarantee you've heard it, many of you, and you've never realised what's in it. He said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up His cross. It doesn't say the cross. It says take up His cross, not the cross. The reality is for every single one of us in this place, we don't all pay the same price, but we will all pay a price. We don't all pay the same price, but we all will pay a price. If you're going to follow Christ, He didn't say take up the cross. He didn't say take up the Metro Church cross. He didn't say take up Pastor Jeff's cross. He didn't say take up whoever your spiritual heroes are cross. He said, take up your cross. I don't know what that looks like for you. I've got no idea. I guarantee life will expose it to you. 
I guarantee if you follow Jesus long enough, you will discover a price that you need to pay. And when you do, so don't get all knotted up about what it is. Just decide I'll keep going no matter what. Just decide regardless of circumstance, regardless of what life throws at me, I'm going to follow Jesus anyway. I'm going to continue. Have a look at it again. We don't all pay the same price, but we all will pay a price. In Matthew 20 and verse 20, James and John come with their mother and they've got a vision. They come and they say, we want to sit at your right hand. That's a vision. We can see where we ought to be. And what they're really asking, because in the culture of the day, to sit at the right hand, the right hand represented power. Of course, we know that's not true now. We know that it's the left-handers that actually have the power. Can I get a witness from the left-handers in the building? Amen. Look at all these left-handers. Just raise them again. Just love all the left-handers. Praise God. Look at us all. We're everywhere. Uh, Amazing. So, but in their culture, whoever was at the right hand, it was the favoured spot. So they're saying, we've got a vision to sit in the place of most influence and power in your coming kingdom. I want you to see what Jesus says. It's very revealing. This is it in Matthew 20, verse 22. But Jesus answered and said, you don't know what you ask. Watch his question. The only thing he asked them, not how long have you had it? How did it come to you? Did you have it in a dream? Uh, You know, is it your mother's thing? Uh, You know, blah, 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 blah. He doesn't ask any of that. He says this. He says, are you able to drink the cup I'm about to drink and be baptised with the baptism that I'm going to be baptised with? The only thing he asked them about is this. Can you pay the price? Can you, come on, can you pay the price? This is such a powerful question. And, and the most powerful thing about it is he asked them before. See, you've got to settle it ahead of time. You've got to decide, come on, don't say I'm going to follow Jesus. Well, I think I will. I'm going to follow Jesus if. I'm going to follow Jesus so long as. I'm going to follow Christ or I'm going to serve God. I meet people all the time that, you know, serve God until they got offended. And I think, wow, what, you didn't think it was coming? You didn't realise, you, you didn't understand that that could come or they serve until adversity comes their way. And you go, what, you never thought it was ever going to come? Get the message of last Sunday night, uh, you know, the good and the bad column. You will fill up both columns in your life. So it's a good idea to decide ahead of time, regardless of what happens in the bad column, I'm going to serve God. I admire the most the people that I know that get into adversity and say, but I'm trusting God. They get into adversity and say, God is going to help me. And they get into places of difficulty. I was talking to my friend, Pastor Danny Guglielmucci this afternoon. You know, he's had ongoing issues of sickness for about the last two years. Just been, just keep finding something or other else that's going wrong. But he says this to me. He says, I'm loving where I am because I'm ministering to so many people, helping so many people. He says, I'm meeting people in my daily life, handed over the church, doesn't have the title anymore of that. But you know what? He's serving God where He is. I don't know about you, but I want to be somebody that's decided way ahead of time. I will pay the price. Are you with me here tonight? Come on, give me a, give me a, just a soft amen. Just a little amen. Don't have to. Yeah. No, you don't have to. Uh, 
you know, John Mark was uh, gone out with Paul and, uh, and, and Barnabas and he's doing really well until he discovers it wasn't the church picnic he thought he was going on. And he discovered how difficult it was. And he said, you've got to be kidding. This is for crazy people. I'm out of here. So he goes home to mum. If you read the story, he goes home to mum. He says, I had enough. And, uh, you know, Barnabas is the super encourager guy. He says, come on, we should take him anyway. Paul says, I'm not taking him. God turned tail and ran. But later on, he writes and says, bring John Mark with you. Doesn't matter what you're going to go through in your, well, it does matter. Of course it matters. I'm a bit stupid. But the question is, what price will you pay? Are you with me here? Amen? Come on. I know you are. We don't all pay the same price, but we all will pay a price. Here's the second thing. You'll always be a spectator if the vision doesn't get you. Oh, my thought always when someone comes to me and says, Pastor, I have a vision. What I really want to know is not do you have a vision, but does a vision have you? Because they are not the same. I meet people that have a vision and they take it out once a year. It's like Christmas decorations. Ron and I, yesterday, we, I gave away all my thousands of Christmas lights, thousands of the things, you know, and just thousands, thousands. My house looks like, you can see it from space, the gigantic Star of David, 10 tiles deep. It was just huge. It was massive. Planes coming over would just say, the pilots say, that's the Woodward House down there. Uh, that one down there was just beautiful. You know, but we got out some of the other little Christmas decorations. We wanted to go out her little nativity scene and her little Christmas tree things that light up and her little Christmas star that sits on the little Christmas tree in the foyer and then the big Christmas tree out the back. And, but you know what? The rest of the year they just sit in a room somewhere rather than a box, yeah. a cardboard box. They're just there. They don't mean anything. Don't let vision be something that you bring out when some speaker turns up and stirs the depths of your soul. I pray that you're not rummaging around. How many people here have got a room in your house that you just go, that's where all the junk goes? Because I just want to find out. I want to find, come on, there's got to be more. Than, come on, raise your hand. Be honest in the house of God. Amen. Look at all you people. Look at all you. David, now I can't believe that about you. We got one of the, well, we got two rooms like that. Thank you, Ron. Uh, they reckon that uh, the commonality for every Western household is that we all have a drawer that we chuck all the extra bits into. You know, it's, it's in the drawer. You know, it's in the drawer somewhere. But listen to me. I'm praying tonight that no matter who you are, that you don't have to go rummaging around somewhere deep inside of your soul to try and find the vision. Amen. Because if the vision's got you, you can't stop thinking about it. You're thinking about it everywhere you go. Amen. It, it's in you. Vision breathes. It leaks out your pores. It's like, it's just out there. You know what I mean? They can tell what you've been eating because it's coming out your pores, brother. And we want to make sure that we have the vision has us or else you're always going to be a spectator. I'm always amused. When I watch people go to massive sporting events and they get up there and the scores, you know, whatever, I don't know, you know, name a score. I was at the rugby league and, and New South Wales, unfortunately, you know, had a moment where 
the enemy had got in and made them triumph in that moment. And I can't believe all these people that are leaving because they think the game's nearly done. He's going, I want to get the car park first. And I'm sitting there going, see, I've got a vision for Queensland. I've got a vision. You have no idea how, if, if you're from Queensland, you'll get this. But I have a vision for that. And I go, even if it was the 79th minute and the 58th second, a Queenslander could see a miracle come to pass. Well, it wasn't to be that night. But listen, that's what... You better believe it, brother. Wait, wait for this next year to come. But listen to me. Forget about that for a second. Because I know most of you don't give a rip about sport. But I'm trying to make a point. Is that if you're a spectator, you come and go as you please, don't you? Right? Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, whatever. Oh, it's just a game. I have played competitive sport for I don't know how many years, but long decades. I don't ever remember ever saying the words, it's just a game. Because I wanted to win every single one of them. Amen? You go, well, that's ridiculous and you should chill out. Maybe. Go talk to my wife. Here's number three, last one here. Whatever you won't pay the price for will always be secondary to you. The measure of all vision is the price you're willing to pay. Shared vision is what we're talking about here. So this isn't about your vision, my vision. This is about shared vision. Are you willing to pay a price for shared vision? I thank God for all the people in this church that are paying a price for shared vision. Don't be a spectator. You will be if the vision doesn't have you. If convenience or comfort matters more, then the vision doesn't yet have you. Here's number three. Whatever you won't pay the price for will always be secondary to you. Let me read to you a startling verse and I'll tell you again what's not in it. Because when you read the Bible, it's not an accidental book. It's an incredibly deliberate book and sometimes the genius of it is what's not said, not what is said. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, For the, the kingdom of, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Say it again. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Let me ask you a question. What's not in the verse? Okay, I'll tell you. What's not in the verse is what you should put second or third or fourth or fifth or any other number. Jesus never said, seek first the kingdom and then I want you to make number two. And then I want you to make number three. Think about it a minute. Why did Jesus say, seek first? Why didn't he say, and by the way, because it isn't automatic. He goes, first, well, what's second? And I've had people say, Pastor, tell me, will you please? Because, you know, it's, I understand it's God first, but is it family second or ministry second? Or, or what about my career? What if there's a clash? And is it, let me just get this right. It's God, family. That makes sense. But ministry or career, you know, um, uh, and, and what about that? And, you know, friends, where do friends go? And, and, you know, have you ever, I guarantee a lot of us have asked the question, by the way. So I'm not having a shot at anyone who's thought that because I guarantee a lot of us have. Yeah. But Jesus never, ever said what you're supposed to put second. Yeah. Why? I believe 
It's because when you get first place settled, the rest will take care of themselves. The most important thing in your life is not number two, three and get them all in the right order because quite frankly, the order is going to shift according to time and circumstance. There's going to be some moments when family ought to be number two, absolutely. And there'll be other times when career needs to just elbow it out for a little minute. Not that family is less, but maybe there's a pressure thing at work. You just got to do that thing. Or maybe ministry needs to come into a place of prominence for that season, for that time. But all those things I've discovered will take care of themselves if I settle first place. The prayer I pray the most is this, God, tell me what to do so I know it's you and I'll do anything you ask. Settled. And you know what? I've discovered an immense amount of peace in my life because I'm not running around anxious about, oh yeah, but what if and how come and oh God, and, oh, blah, a whole lot of stuff. I'm just going, you know what, God? I've settled number one. Number one's the most important one. God with us literally means God with all of us. Shared vision. It's not, have you got it all? Are you the important one? It's no, it's shared vision. We're all a part of it. And I want you to understand tonight and take home from this. I want you to go into this week saying, God's going to be with me the same as he'll be with a person who's, you know, God is so powerfully using and I'm just little me. God will be with you. Amen. God will be with you wherever you are. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for helping us tonight. Lord, we thank you for what we get to be a part of. There's things, Lord, that we are a part of that are bigger than the part we play. All of us, it's the same. But God, I pray you'll help each one of us as we dip into the shared vision that you've given us. You say, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You never said it to one, you said it to a whole group of people. So God, I thank you for the part that we'll all get to play and the way you'll use us. We thank you that you'll be with us no matter who we are. We can expect the same level of divine encouragement, divine blessing, divine power in our life, regardless of whether we've got a title or none at all. You never said they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover if they're an apostle. You just said these signs shall follow them that believe. They will. So God, I believe, Lord, tonight that all of us can be a part of your witness wherever we are. We don't have to wait for church, but we can have it in the workplace. We can have it in the home in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, we love you tonight, Lord. We love your presence. We didn't come here for church and a sermon. We came here, Lord, so you could add something beautiful and profound into our life. Something deep and something wonderful and something to celebrate in Jesus' name. God, would you save us from the idea that there's two classes of Christians, the important ones and then the rest. God, because every single one of us carries the imprint of God with us in our life, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Holy Spirit, you're here for that tonight, to help us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to stand together and worship for a minute. I, I want to do that before we do anything else. Just take a minute. You know, worship in this place is not where we sing to God. It's where we open our heart to God. That's why you often see people lift their hands. 
It's an act of surrender. It's invitation. It's saying, come on in. You know, when someone comes to my house and knocks on the door, I open the door and I open my arms wide and say, come on in, come on in. And I want you to do that tonight. Come on, believe that about your life. Don't, don't, please don't think to yourself, well, yeah, but Jeff, I'm, I'm not this, and I'm not that, and I'm not much of a Christian. God, there's no such thing. There's only children of the Most High. That's who we are. We're going to worship. Just lead us, uh, Natalie, you know, Ruby's this morning. Yeah. Just lead us. We want to just love God a minute. Come on, let's enter in and say, Holy Spirit, help us tonight. Come on, the Holy Spirit wants to anoint you and appoint you for where you are. There isn't anything about your life that's outside of His understanding, outside of His awareness. There isn't anything about where you are. I believe that if we will just say to God, God, would you use me? It doesn't mean you're going to go out and you know, wear a Christian T-shirt and have fish stickers all over your car. And some of us definitely ought to take them off because the way we drive is just not good. So, uh, But I'm talking about just being wise enough to say to God, God, would you use my life? Come on, we're going to sing it to Him tonight. You are not alone. Thanks. You're not alone here within His love. That's with us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you call all of us, not some of us. You call all of us. You give vision to all of us. We get to be a part of what you're doing in the name of Jesus. So God, I thank you for every person here, regardless of how long they've been a Christian, how much they know of your Word, or how long they've been serving you, what they've seen you do, or what they haven't seen you do. God, I pray for every single person in Jesus' name. 
that will go out of this place saying, God's with me. God's with me in the Name of Jesus. God's with me. Just before we continue on, just earlier in the service, I felt there was somebody here in the building. I love us to pray for you. Uh, you've had a, a degeneration in your spine and the bones there. I don't know how serious it is or what's happening with it. I'm not a doctor, but I just know what I hear from God. And we'd love to pray for you and, and just get some of the people that are believers to stand with you and pray with you for God to heal you. We've been talking about healing. Uh, should be no surprise then that we act on it. Uh, I know lots of churches don't, but that's all right. Uh, the Bible does and the disciples did and Jesus did and the early church did. So if that's you and you know that's you, would you just give me a little wave? We just want to make sure we pray with you. Uh, that over there. Just Can I just get some of you just to go and stand there beside? Thanks, Tom. Where you go, just some of you. And never think to yourself, yeah, well, I'm not really that powerful. What would I know? Why don't you just over here as well, please, just come and gather around this lady. Some of you, because I want all of us. I'm glad that pastors are going, but I want all of us to say, I'm going to be a part of this in Jesus' name. Just hold on a second. Look this way for a minute, because uh, somebody here, I've, I don't know if I've ever had this word of knowledge in my life in all my years. Somebody has been getting recurring pain. It's not there all the time, but down through your jaw. It's not there. My goodness gracious me. If you'd told me that could even happen, I would have gone, well, probably. Can you just lay hands on this young lady right here? And let's ask God for a miracle in their bodies in the name of Jesus. Let's just ask God to touch them in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank You for that in the name of Jesus. Thank You, Holy Spirit. Thank You, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' Name, would You use these people right now, Lord? They're laying hands, doing what Your Word says. Touch these people. Give them the miracle. We thank You for it in Jesus' Name. And we thank You, Lord, for Your grace and Your power. Just, uh, Amen. Thank You for doing that. Just look this way a minute as well. Somebody here, this is, again, I don't ever remember I've ever heard anybody ever say this ever in their life but there's someone here in your eyesight and it's not about bright lights and dark spots sometimes it doesn't matter whether you're in a bright space or a dark one it's like uh, some part of your vision it's like it goes all cloudy like up towards really I've never heard of such a thing it's like it goes cloudy up the top and then other times it's fine weird just would you just there just pray that lady ask God to touch her and heal her in the name of Jesus if you're here tonight and you've got a an issue in your body now would be a good time to say God would you touch me would you heal me God would you bring a miracle to my life amen now'd be a good time to do that and uh, ask God to set you free one more person here then uh, I realize well we could just go all night long but uh, there's somebody here, you're a youngish person. And when I say youngish, that's anybody younger than me. Uh, you had an injury to up in one of your shoulders and the muscle from time to time just goes, it's like it locks up and stays like that. Really? See, I've never heard of anything like that in my entire life. Really? Uh, somebody else says, well, my goodness gracious, two of you, three of you. Another one, but I've never heard of such a thing. Uh, can we just pray for them? Wouldn't matter if I had heard of it, by the way. It's God speaking. Come on, let's pray. Believe God for these people. Father, we thank You for miracles in bodies. In Jesus' Name, thank You, Holy Spirit. There's no holding You back. 
There's nothing, Lord, we get to be a part of it. This is shared vision right now and shared response in the Name of Jesus. Thank You, Holy Spirit. You're here. You're here. You're here in Jesus' Name. You're here. Lord, that's what makes all the difference. You're here in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 God is always good. I know that much. And you go, I want somebody here, maybe it's the first time in your life you've ever laid hands on somebody. You've ever prayed for somebody, for God to touch them. I want you to take it away tonight and say, God, if this can happen in church, it can sure happen outside of church. You don't need the music playing. You don't need the choir. You can just go and say, Jesus is here. That'll do it. That'll make the difference. Amen. Be bold and trust God and let God use something great in your life. One more thing I want to do before we go and there's Christmas treats they tell me tonight out there and uh, right through all of December, marvellous food. There's fruit mince pies, there's stuff. Where's Leo? Gingerbread men, come down here. Give Leo a big hand. He works really hard this time. How you want me to tell you? What do we got? Um, I just put it out. Uh, we have fruit cake, um, and there's a pudding slice. There's chocolate covered gingerbread. There's an Australian gingerbread house. You can demolish. Go for it. Well done, and you baked all this yourself. You cooked all this. Uh, Leo does so much for Christmas. Well, Leo works hard all the time, but uh, he sure works really hard at Christmas. And all these decorations, Leo was climbing up ladders, putting all this stuff up, everything you see out in the foyer and the cafe. Leo did all of that. Now I just want to embarrass you just a little bit more. Uh, we've got such great staff in this church. They really are phenomenal uh, in terms of what they bring. Nobody here works for a pay packet. So <laughs> well, they kind of do. <laughs> they might need it. Uh, but that's not why they do it, that's for sure. And we love our staff and our leaders and all of our folks here. One more thing I want to say this. Thanks, Leo. That's great. We'll go out and enjoy that in a minute. Maybe you're here tonight and you go, Jeff, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. I remember that feeling. I remember going to a charismatic conference. There was a thousand people at it. And I remember looking at all these people who showed on their face a love for God and a knowledge of God that I go, I don't have that. And I'm looking at them all. I felt like I felt like someone where everybody else knew the secret and I didn't. I remember it. And it but it it so piqued my curiosity, I went out from there and go, this must all be real. God must be real and I think I'm gonna have to find him. All I'd really known up to then really was religion and church. Made me start looking and searching and what an incredible thing it was then to come to a point where I said, Jesus, I'll give you my life. Can I just have every head bowed, every eye closed a minute? I don't know you all. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Jeff, I don't. I'm not walking with God. I'm like I'm on the outside looking in, but I want in. I want Jesus in my life. My goodness, we'd love to pray with you right where you are. Right where you are. You can say yes to Christ. And if that's you, just so I know I'm praying for you. Would you just slip your hand up, put it back down again. When I see it, I know I'm praying for you. Just tonight, wherever you are, 
You don't have to be shy. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to help you. You say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus like that, but I want to say yes to him tonight. Is there anybody just quickly? That you can all look this way. That's fine. Yes text is up on the screen for you. 488 Thank you. Wednesday morning, 2.30am. Isn't that nuts? Someone's awake at 2.30 in the morning going, I think really I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. And they text yes to 488 Pastor Bruce gets it and immediately sets in train the next 30 days of that person getting a scripture and a prayer for them to pray, a different one every single day for 30 days so that they can start walking with God. I love that. I love the fact that you might respond in the service, but there's also lots of people that are responding via that or via the web address there, yes.metrochurch.org.au. So if you need Jesus, please take a photo of that or I'll get them to leave it up at the end of the service. You can grab one of these cards. They're out at the Connect Hub area that's got the number on it. Or else you can just have a phenomenal memory of 0488826392. And that'd be...